Welcome into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast, coming at you live on a Thursday, a little scheduling error earlier in the week, but uh, we are here nonetheless for a little recap action, a little preview, a little quick hitter on Saturday as well, so we can still get you your two episodes. How you doing today, Joe? One hitter quitter, baby, <laughs> for Saturday. Yes. Question of the day. Going to throw it back to uh, your childhood there, Jell. Oi. Maybe maybe not. Maybe now, too. If you could be the sidekick of a superhero for a day, who would it be? Well, I feel like Robin is the worst just because, <laughs> like, everybody that describes somebody as, like, the number two is looked at as Robin. <laughs> Or we could change it too to like who would you want to job shadow for a day or something too. We could well, do that. okay. <laughs> Going back to a childhood crush, I guess. Mary Jane, <laughs> Spider Man, Peter Parker. Nice. I would not mind uh, being in his shoes for that one. <laughs> so uh yeah, I guess I'll go. Wouldn't mind being Mary Jane if that counts as a <laughs> side character. <laughs> nice. Well, well, wait, 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 wait. No, I don't want to be Mary Jane. I want her in my life. Like, yeah, that that gotcha. was worded weird. <laughs> clear the clear, clear the tape. <laughs> reverse, reverse. I would like to be Peter Parker in that scenario because of Mary Jane. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I think I'd want to be probably Superman sidekick. I think it'd be pretty sweet to fly. So pretty straight, simple to the point. I mean, if you can fly, that's not bad. It's kind of <laughs> right. kind of badass. Like <laughs> Right. <laughs> so. Why did okay. Like, if you were able to fly Aren't you just immediately like the best NFL receiver of all time? Immediately, right? Assuming you have any sort of hands whatsoever. I mean, well, I, I guess would... you don't even need that good of hands. You could just take a pitch and just whoop, just fly into the end zone. I have to imagine you'd get past that for one day if somebody didn't know you could fly, and then there'd be an immediate (laughs) amendum to the rules. (laughs) Like, I'm just imagining, like, you know, you could just have, as long as you could be, like, a punter, like, take the snap back, you know, however many yards that is, 15 yards, and just catch it and just Fly over everyone. The ultimate fantasy football player. (laughs) (laughs) Just unlimited touchdowns every week. (laughs) Aquaman sidekick sounds kind of lame. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to be in the water Mm. that much, but yeah. Yeah. I would agree. (laughs) Being Patrick Star, if you want to call SpongeBob a Sponge. A superhero wouldn't be too bad being Patrick Starr. You could be Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jeez. Kicking we, with gas. We can be found at Dead Arm Sports Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. On YouTube, type in Dead Arm Sports into the search bar. Click that bell. Subscribe so Ding. that we know when our episodes drop. We are live on YouTube during this recording so if you are watching us 
got the nice chat box next to you. Just go ahead and ask any questions. We have a little, uh, little preview for you live viewers uh, before the uh, that, that Bengals-Dolphins game that's yeah. going to be kicking off in a couple hours. Absolutely. Go Good old and- Amazon. Let's see. <laughs> hey, did they get – it felt like they got their stream right last week. It wasn't yeah, as was- disastrous as week one at least. Yeah, I was watching it on my laptop, so it still was a little bit goofy, I think, as opposed to if I would have had it on the TV on the app. But, you know, when you're married, you have sacrifices, so have, uh, have the TV shows up on the big TV, and then you watch football on the laptop. So If you have to trade Thursday night for all-day Sunday, you make that trade. <laughs> <laughs> you make that trade 10 out of 10 times. <laughs> Absolutely. Gel's fired off TikTok. Uh, we'll have and some of the. And speaking of fire for you, YouTube viewers, fire is lit, rolling yes. hard. <laughs> Absolutely. Joe will be shooting out his uh, picks for you for some betting nuggets. We're going to do a little quick hitter for you on Saturday as well. So make sure you tune in for that. And yeah, we'll kick it off, Gel. Um, we'll just do a quick recap here. Usually we have a recap episode earlier in the week, but scheduling, we're going to just kind of do more of a preview episode this time around. But what were and some of the NCAA takeaways, just quick takeaways that you had from this last weekend? I mean, there are some awesome games, but uh, not awesome I, for the Badgers. We won't talk about that other than they got we, destroyed. We can, skip past, we can sp- <laughs> skip past that game. No, I mean, takeaway number one is that which we kind of already knew this beforehand, but it was it's it's been now confirmed like for the f- the entirety of the season so far. If Clemson wants to hang in there and make this college football playoff with that defense, they have no chance. I mean, they're they're giving up they're they gave up uh, they gave up points to and all their all their opponents so far. They're giving up mad points. They've been in way too many close games where it's coming down. I, I mean, yeah, that Florida State game, at the end they kind of pulled away where they were able to bring in uh, Cade Klubnik. But for the at least the beginning part of that game a couple weeks ago, that de- I mean, it was, it was way too tight of a game. This past week against Wake Forest, which we told you keep an eye on a potential upset, did go into overtime. But that defense just, they're letting up way too many points. And... If you're a Clemson team, your aspirations, while you got Dabo Sweeney, while you got the number one uh, QB recruit in the country for his draft class, at least, I mean, you know, the expectation is national championship or bust, or at least make make the title game, make the playoff or bust. If that defense keeps being this weak... They have no chance. They've got a tough test against NC State coming up this week. We'll, we may touch on that later in the episode, but the way that they're playing right now, offense is actually, you know, they're putting up points, but this defense is a joke, and they've got a lot of work to do there. Yeah, their defense is one of the strong suits, or at least everybody thought so heading into this season, so it was surprising. I mean, Sam Hartman, Wake Forest, they're they're a good offense. Their defense is definitely uh, has higher aspirations than what they've done so far this season. But, yeah, it was a fantastic game. Came down to overtime. There are two overtimes, and, yeah, Clemson ended up winning by six points. But, again, like you said, they can put up points, but, 
which will be fine in ACC play. They should probably coast by. Probably, like you mentioned, we'll talk about the NC State game. But I can just take one on. slip up, you know. Yeah, and that and, ruins that ruins your your hopes and dreams in your season. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see if they do make it into the playoff. What this offense looks like going up against Alabama, up against Georgia. I mean, if they get matched up with Ohio State, that's going to be just one epic shootout. I think in the first round. But if they get matched up against Alabama, Georgia. It'll be interesting White to see wash. what their offense can do against <laughs> that defense. Get the fuck out of here. No chance. <laughs> yes. One of the games I wanted to talk about a little bit here is just some of the games that just came down to just absolutely just blowing out. Um, Washington State ends up That's blowing. That's when I that was that would have been the next point, game I would have touched on. Twelve too. point lead with six forty two left in the game. And you also had um trying to think what other game too, the um which one was it? Well Kentucky only won by one score. Yep. Texas A and M Arkansas, that was close. I don't I don't know exactly where you're going. Yep. But. USC had came down mm. to their last drive yeah. against Oregon State. I mean that one was another one and it was just yeah, a lot of blown leads down the stretch with not much time this last weekend, which yeah. <laughs> but that Washington State one, that was one that they were just dominating Oregon, and then all of a sudden Oregon just is like, oh, yeah, I guess we should probably win this one. And, then, <laughs> and, so. well, I, and I know that we I, – I know that at least I specifically – you, I think I know you had your eye on this one too on that game, that Oregon-Washington State game. Just given that Oregon, the points that we made before this this past weekend was – Coming off that huge game against BYU, Oregon's uh, or sorry Washington State, coming off that Wisconsin win, then had a bye week, so an extra week to prep, an extra week to get healthy after facing that Badger, that big ass Badger offensive line, that running game, having that extra week to get healthy was massive, and it showed in this game that they were able to they were able to hang in there, like you said, uh, had the lead up until the end of the game, so. That would have been ah oh, man. I I would have loved to see it. I I I yeah. like that Washington State team and and uh and that quarterback out there out there too. Cougs. Cougs. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a good old cougar. <laughs> One more I wanted to just throw at you here too. Uh that ending to the Auburn Missouri game. Not sure if you caught that one over the weekend, but Missouri had a chance they were going in for the game-winning score, and the running back drops the ball at the one-yard line as he's reaching out, and it's recovered by Auburn to end the game. So essentially Brian Harson would have been probably immediately fired if they would have lost to Missouri, but survives for another week thanks to a nice costly fumble at the one-yard line. Any, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you were able to catch any of that Florida-Tennessee game. Tennessee wins 38-33. But it looked like Florida's offense, I, I did notice that they certainly turned up the charge in terms of letting Anthony Richardson actually run the yeah. ball again. Yep. So, I, you know, even in a loss there for Florida, at least the mentality, the coaching mentality kind of shifted back to what it was in week one when the Gators were successful. So I think if you're a Gator fan... Yeah, you took the loss for the first time to Tennessee in I sent I believe since 2015. Yeah, it's been feels a while. Re- yeah, but 
at least there was a shift back to what made Anthony Richardson a special player and let him use his legs. So that's a little bit that's that's at least encouraging. But geez, Tennessee, maybe maybe Tennessee's for real. Finally, <laughs> maybe the hype was I know you were hyped up about him before the season. And I said, I'm going to take a wait and see approach. I think you might have been right from from the get go. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, their two toughest games are coming up, Bama, Georgia. So we'll see really where they, <laughs> oh, they where they stand going into those two. Not back-to-back, but within a couple weeks of each other. Oh, so thank God. That a, would have been disastrous. They'll get a good test. Get Bama at home and then, I believe, on the road to Georgia. So we'll, uh, we'll see how real they actually are, but could very well finish with only two losses. I mean, they, like you said, they got through Florida right now. Um yeah, we'll we'll see. Still have Kentucky. We'll get we'll learn a little bit about Kentucky. We'll talk about that game, I'm sure, later on in the preview as well. But yeah, no, it'll be it'll be interesting. The fun team to watch. And I like you said, Anthony Richardson, they finally opened it back up for him. It counted for four touchdowns, two through the air, two on the ground. So it was nice to see more of a balanced attack from him instead of uh just him trying to stay in the pocket and win the game that way, which we saw. It's not uh, not, not working not out so great, great. Bob. No. <laughs> any uh, any other games you wanted to touch on before we jump over to NFL? No, I those those are those are the heavy hitters for me. Outside of that USC Oregon State game, which it was close, like yeah. like we had thought it would be three point W for USC. If you're Caleb Williams, and there was some there was some pretty negative body language from Caleb Williams uh, during that game. Might need to keep an eye on that if you're a USC fan. If he, uh, you know, if when the going gets tough and he can't just easily score, <laughs> is he going to kind of shut down, which it looked like he kind of was doing in this game. So something to keep an eye on if you're a Trojan fan that might want to be skeptical about. We so, we've seen the same, we've seen that same, you know, energy, lack of energy with Kyler Murray as well. Another former OU guy, that quarterback that was under Lincoln Riley, that was incredibly athletic and incredibly successful. But when the going gets tough, Kyler would shut down too. So if that's uh, that's that's just maybe a little red flag, something to keep an eye on. Somebody that didn't shut down and was completely animated was Bill's offensive coordinator slamming his tablet down at the end of the game. That was when they couldn't so get the sweet. Off. So, I loved that. Yes. I wanted to jump over to that game. Not only, I mean, Miami's undefeated right now. I ended Never up knocking off the Bills, um, underdog in that one. And also wanted to talk about Tua as well. He took a shot and <laughs> was trying to get back oh my into the God. huddle and just falls over. And I don't know how he wasn't concussed and immediately taken out of the game, he, but apparently they said it was just a back injury. And uh, I don't know. I've never seen somebody keel over like that after taking three steps and dude, <laughs> he didn't and, know where he and was. Two, and also like right when he got up, he shook his head, like, like trying to like, you know, get his, I try to try to like regain, you know, consciousness i guess right. <laughs> like not that he was fully knocked out or anything but you know he's he gets up shakes his head try to shake off the stars i guess and and then stands there for a second then he starts you know running back to the line and he stumbles and then he, he 
little stumble, and then he starts going again, and then he just drops dead. Like, I mean, not literally, obviously, but, <laughs> yeah. like, just a freaking bag of bricks just falls straight down to the floor, or down to the turf, and... I te- I know in our group text, uh, I I said like, dude, this is like a really bad concussion. And then I get an update of like ten minutes later. Yep, he's playing in the second half. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like he, and so this is what I don't understand because it's supposed to be an independent neurologist that is the one that that is, is okay? doing those tests. It's not yep. somebody that's affiliated with the Dolphins. So. I didn't understand it at the time. I certainly still don't understand how he was able to play. Now they're saying he's uh, likely to play for tonight's game, again, live on a Thursday for this game against the Bengals, but I don't see how he was able to play. I'm glad he did because it certainly made for a much more entertaining game, but... That concussion protocol certainly needs to be put into question because that was, it looked like he, I mean, if you watch that video, everything should be put into question. The fact that he was able to come back, not like 20 minutes later, not good at, not a good job. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) What, uh, what game stood out to you from this last weekend? Yeah, I mean that that was certainly that was certainly the big I think yeah. kind of the game of the weekend really. Uh the Bills I mean there's what is it? I believe it, they I I wish I had the stat in front of me, but in one score games going back to last year, they're like 0 and 8 in one score games. And I think that that you have to put the blame on that towards the fact that they have never established a running game since Josh Allen got there outside of Josh Allen. And when you, if you got a, if you got a one score, two score lead, sometimes you just got to be okay with getting out of there with a W. And if your second half, if your fourth quarter is kind of ugly offensively, I think you really just sometimes ground and pound, run the clock, Try to get out of there with a W because right now the Bills are not winning in in one score games. That's that's a that's a massive takeaway. And when you are playing in playoff, we saw this against the Chiefs too last year. I mean, when you're in one, these one score games, yeah, sometimes they're shootouts, but sometimes they can get kind of ugly. And you know where that ground and pound offense needs to be established at some point and you know you think second round pick James Cook that's the intention is to hopefully turn that up a little bit but so far they they're not even trying that I mean a lot of their run game is still 100% Josh Allen dependent whether it's him even under even under center going and rolling you know just rolling to his left and, and going off tackle himself this is the kind of stuff that, a young quarterback, yeah, that's fine, and you know we can you can do that with a big quarterback like that, that's extremely athletic. But longevity wise, that's 
if you want Josh Allen to be your quarterback for the next decade, we saw how fast Cam Newton fell off, and yeah. they were running a same type of a, of a rushing offense where it was mostly Cam Newton-centric. If Buffalo wants to run this type of offense, don't expect him to be your quarterback into, you know, a good quarterback at least, into 2030, because no matter how big you are, you can't take this many hits that, that he's taking now, and... I don't know, that that was the major takeaway for me from that game and, and just the Bills offense. They Sean McDermott, Ken Dorsey, they need to embrace that run game. Even though it's not sexy, I know Ken Dorsey is probably as the play caller is trying to get a head coaching job. But a running but winning is what gets you a head coaching job, not just being a sexy schematically. Last takeaway I had from this weekend is that the AFC West is not the AFC best. <laughs> it's some bad teams out there. It's insane. You've got Las Vegas losing to Tennessee. They, I don't, they haven't won a game yet, right? One and two, maybe. They're no, they're own three. Own three. You got yep, the Chargers at one and two. It's and the all Chargers. one score games for for the uh, Raiders too. Raiders, yep. Chargers can't stay healthy at all. Another O-lineman goes down. Bosa's going to be out for a good chunk of time. Herbert's playing hurt right now. And Herbert. Herbert, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Denver can't score more than 15 points in a game. Their offense just looks absolutely atrocious. So <laughs> I don't know what to think. I mean, that was a division that we were super pumped for to start off the season. We had talked about that numerous times and now it's like trash TV. <laughs> yeah. The the biggest disappointment for me is the Raiders. Yeah. I did not see an 03, 0 and three start. No, I, I, I can't figure it out. They, you know, Devon week one, Devonte Adams goes off, just goes ape shit. The last two weeks since Alan Lazard came back, Alan Lazard has more receiving yards and they both have two receiving touchdowns. So I'm, I'm not going to make anything out of, of that. But Devontae Adams needs to be getting 10-plus targets every game. I don't really give a shit who's covering him. <laughs> like, just get him. Yeah. Just try to feed him the ball. Because whatever you're trying to do now, it's, I mean, sorry, Josh McDaniels. It's not working, man. You've got a better quarterback, too, in Derek Carr than you had last year in Mac Jones. So, and you've got Devontae Adams is your is Josh McDaniel's best receiver since Demarius Thomas. Like, feed him. Feed the shit out of him. When And I go back to Demarius Thomas when McDaniel was coaching the Broncos, obviously. Broncos, yeah. But there's been... He hasn't had a receiver like Devontae Adams, maybe maybe ever. I, I guess unless you want to count that one Randy Moss season. Yeah. But it's it's like, man, you gotta you, you gotta feed him. That's that's why the Packers won have won thirteen or before this season had won thirteen games in LaFleur each season in LaFleur's first couple of years with Green Bay. Cause so much of that offense was was run through Devontae Adams. It works. Just do it. <laughs> I don't know why it's so complicated. <laughs> do you have any uh, other games before we jump over to our preview? Let's let's go. All right. 
Week 5 NCAA is here. Have quite a few solid games on the slate this week. Um, ones I'm excited for. I'll kick it off right right away, Joe. We got a Friday night Pac-12 battle. Washington at UCLA. Washington coming off of the big win over Stanford. No, you were uh, pulling for Stanford with your upset pick there last week, Joe. But Washington, Washington looks legit right now. Both teams coming in 4-0 and and Kind of two rejuvenated quarterbacks, too. Michael Penix Jr. getting a fresh start coming over from Indiana to Washington. And Dorian Thompson-Robinson's having a nice season, too, for UCLA. So we'll kind of see where UCLA falls into place here in this Pac-12 battle. We know we know what we were getting out of Washington. Saw them absolutely demolish Michigan State uh, two weeks ago and coming off of a win over a Stanford team that was coming off of a bye and had a couple weeks to prep for them. So I'm looking forward to this. Uh, good uh, good football on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, both teams come into this game 4-0. and Washington is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road However, keep in mind UCLA, a home crowd, not the most intimidating no. uh, atmosphere ever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Washington coming in two and a half point favor, both teams 4-0. UCLA really hasn't played anybody, uh, at least of massive mm-hmm. note. I mean, it's it's been cupcakes for days. So this is, this is really UCLA's first test. But like you mentioned, Dorian Thompson-Robinson hovering around 300 or more yards a game between his rushing ability and uh and through the air so i i i like dtr it's gonna be interesting kind of how this game shakes out just given that like you said washington coming off that big win and last week and then the michigan state piece uh the week before but you said ucla hasn't been tested and i don't know i I think that this once I think that that one and a half or two and a half point line feels right. I do see this being a one score game. I mean, even though it's at UCLA, they just haven't been tested at all. And Washington has at least played some multiple legitimate opponents. I, I, I almost want to pick the upset here with UCLA, but I don't think I can just Washington's just looked pretty strong i don't know any thoughts on your end no i i think i like washington in this one too i think i mean michael Penix is a difference maker he yeah. made he made indiana football look good so <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. i mean washington is a lot better of a or you know that recruiting status out and out there versus what indiana is able to get you know yeah. You yeah. gotta like you gotta like Michael Penix here, I think. Yeah, I I don't think UCLA is gonna have the firepower to keep up with Washington, so I do think it could be a one score game in this one, but I think it'll be more so UCLA playing down by a couple scores and maybe getting a late score and then trying to get an onside kick or something. I I Washington could potentially falter, maybe a Washington State later on in the season. Uh, was it the Apple? Battle Apple Cup is. Apple Cup. Okay, that's sponsored by uh, for. Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah, but I I don't see them faltering on the road at UCLA. Like you said, it's not a tough road environment for you to go in right now. So I don't I don't see them losing this one. 
Not at all. No, I I, I got Washington here. Uh, I want to turn it over to the Big Ten and go to one of the uglier games that is probably going to be coming up and uh, probably extremely low scoring. And guess who's involved in a low scoring game? Gotta be Iowa Hawkeyes. Wandering around. <laughs> Michigan at Iowa. Again, it sounds boring. Your over-under is at 42 points. So that kind of demonstrates how ugly this game, how boring, you know, low-scoring this game is going to be. But Michigan is 11-point favorites in this one. And if I'm a Wolverine, I'm going to be I'm going to be pretty wary about that. I mean, they they came up or came away with a 7-point victory last week against Maryland, but I don't know if J.J. McCarthy... I, I, I question J.J. McCarthy against this Iowa defense. He took all the snaps last week against Maryland, and something that, you know, we found out is... or that, that it looked like he was doing is just... He's just hanging on to the ball way too long, and against Iowa's defense, where their entire defense is focused on tipped balls focused on turning the ball over and stopping the run. Blake Corum last week against Maryland, 30 carries, 243 yards and two scores. If you're Michigan, you can absolutely, you absolutely cannot think that he's going to double down on that and be able to do that against this Iowa defense. So a one touchdown victory against Maryland with over with those kinds of numbers on the ground and with JJ McCarthy he didn't seem that settled when he was forced to throw the ball he just seemed very tentative that's when that Iowa defense can thrive so i could see this being a really ugly low scoring game but if i'm a wolverine i'm not feeling that confident right now yeah, and Iowa's been a tough place to play. Usually they show up and show out for the big games that have come in. I mean, you've seen Penn State have to pull off a miracle drive a couple years back going into Kinnick. And yeah, for Michigan, I think your magic number is 21. If you can score 21 points in this one, I don't think Iowa's got the firepower on offense to make it a game. I think Iowa's wanting to keep this into the teens, which is – just sounds terrible. <laughs> it just saying. sounds it's like a game boring. I don't want to watch. Ugly. So, yeah, I could see Michigan potentially faltering in this one, but I think ultimately Blake Corum, just keep feeding that guy the rock and let him get his yards per carry, eat up that clock, control the game, and they should be fine. I just Iowa's not the team it has been the last couple of years. Yeah, their defense has been playing well. They haven't been giving up a ton of points, but that offense is one of the worst in the Big Ten. And I just, if you're Michigan, focus on getting a couple scores, and you should be you should be fine in Iowa. I I'm I'm just looking at that 11 point line, and I'm saying, I don't. Maybe you're right. 21. You're probably right. That does feel like the magic number. And maybe they get the W twenty one to nine because Iowa's offense is that bad, but feels like a little bit too much. I I just Blake Corum is awesome, but two hundred forty three yards again, absolutely not. Oh yeah, nope. <laughs> 
All right, I am going to jump into, got to jump over to the SEC here and go for uh, a battle, battle in Mississippi, Kentucky going into Ole Miss. 4-0 teams, you got number 17 versus number 14 team in the country, and what do we know, Will Levis, another uh, tough road test there for Kentucky. So Ole Miss, uh, Lane Kiffin's been calling out the fans this week that the student section hasn't been filling up. They've been having trouble filling up the stadium, so putting out uh, putting out the word and hoping that he can get a rowdy crowd in there for this one. But Yeah, that's one way to get booed if he, starts lo- <laughs> if he loses this game. <laughs> yes. Yep. But no, I'm I'm excited for this one. Will Levis has looked pretty solid so far this year and we'll see. I mean, like I said, both teams are four and oh right now, taking different routes to getting to that four and oh. Ole Miss hasn't really had any tough tests yet to start off the season. Kentucky really hasn't either. So this will be the first real big test and huge road test for Kentucky to kick off SEC play for for the Wildcats. Yeah, I mean, I I think Kentucky, you know, it's pretty obvious, like, one, Georgia, two, Alabama, three, Ohio State. You could put, like, ten teams that are worthy of that number four spot. And yeah. <laughs> right now, I think Kentucky fits the bill as one of those teams. I don't think I can put Ole Miss there quite yet. No. I, I mean, Levis is been one of the one of the higher performing quarterbacks mark stoops we've touched on him in in weeks previous where that dude's a pretty damn legit coach so i think i i mean i it's gonna be a huge game i i think i like kentucky here outright on the road jackson dart will levis i'm gonna i'm gonna side with will levis yeah no like i said old miss their toughest game so far has been probably Georgia Tech, which just fired their coach last week. So I, <laughs> we've seen hey, Kentucky great, go Bob. down to Florida. So Florida is or Kentucky's already got one SEC win under their belt in the Swamp, which I think the Swamp's a lot tougher place to play than Ole Miss. So big time. I I think Kentucky should be fine here, but you never know. I mean, Ole Miss. You never Lane know. Kiffin's offense. Can't count them out, but I, I think Kentucky's got uh, got the better talent and better firepower in this one and should uh, should be fine. I'm going to stay in the SEC, and this game in particular isn't extremely interesting to me. Arkansas at – or uh, Alabama at Arkansas. Bama's going to walk away with an easy W. More Mostly what I wanted to touch on was, again – the AP doesn't know what the hell they're doing with these with this voting. Arkansas dropped from 10 before that game last week against AM down to 20 in a game that came down to the wire against AM. Like, if you think a team is a top 10 team, they shouldn't drop 10 spots with a two-point loss to a team that you thought should be ranked number six in the preseason poll. Like, these voters don't... I don't know if they're watching the games, paying attention to the games, even looking at the freaking scoreboard when they're doing these votes, but a team dropping from 10 down to 20, you thought this was a top 10 team. When you say a team is a top 10 team, that means you think that they can compete for the uh, the college football playoff. 
dropping down to 20? Like, I, I, I get that it was a loss to your number 23 overall team or whatever A&M was there during that game. But A&M gets that win, jumps six spots up. Arkansas gets the loss, drops 10 spots. Like, I don't, there's just absolutely zero consistency with what these AP voters are doing. It's a joke. Kansas is not in the top 25. They're number four in the country on offense, in scoring. Like, I just don't, I don't, these rankings are, make me go, (laughs) just lose my mind sometimes. God. And it was a two-point loss. They didn't get blown out. They lost by two. And it was at a neutral site. It wasn't like they got blown out at home or something to drop And it was in Texas. Yeah. (laughs) At the Jerry Dome. Yeah. No, it doesn't make a lot of sense, and that's why I'm looking forward to the uh, ESPN playoff show coming out, where at least there's a at, better group at least of people that are putting. Think that those people are actually out. watching these games, <laughs> right? It's not throwing darts at the wall. God. <laughs> my, that's, that's the last of my college goodies. All right, my my last one. Then I will kick it over to. We haven't talked about the ACC. Let's go NC State at Clemson. This is the yeah. site of College Game Day this week, and Clemson coming off of that two-overtime win took a lot out of them, so I'm curious to see how they rebound, see if they've got a little hangover from that game. And, yeah, I mean, NC State's coming in and looking to knock off Clemson. This would be a huge statement win for them. NC State hasn't played in – a game this big in quite some time. So you got Devin Leary coming in. See if DJ can repeat his, what, five touchdown performance the last week and what that Clemson defense looks like because NC State's offense is pretty good. So this could be a nice high-scoring game or if Clemson's defense shows up, but who knows? It might end up being all Clemson, but I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I mean, I was really shocked that – Clemson was a seven-point favorite in this, or is currently a seven-point favorite in this one. I don't think that they necessarily deserve a full touchdown. I could see three and a half, four and a half, but a full touchdown feels like a little bit too much. NC State, this game should absolutely be on upset alert uh, going into this weekend. Speaking of upset alert, Joe, let's move How's that into, for a transition? <laughs> move into our upset picks of the week. Uh, both got shut out last week, unfortunately, with our picks. Gel going with Stanford over Washington, and I went with Wake over Clemson. So not the best. I do have a one nothing lead right now. So, Gel, why don't you go ahead and uh, let the folks know who you're putting on upset alert this week. Yeah, game game that you touched on uh, that you brought up, Kentucky versus Ole Miss, plus seven. Kentucky's a seven point dog, and you know they're like I said, I think they're in the mix to be a top four team right now. Levis, Jackson Dart, I'm taking Will Levis here. Ole Miss uh, last week only beat Tulsa by eight, and Kentucky has looked really good all season so I was (laughs) I was pretty thrilled that I can get Kentucky at at plus seven and there's a pretty good chance I'm gonna just I'm gonna I'm gonna be putting money down on Kentucky on the money line because I think that they should I think Kentucky should be favored in this game certainly not a seven point dog 
Yeah, unfortunately, I we have the same pick this week because that is it's just stupid. I don't know how Kentucky, with what they've done so far this season, is getting the disrespect that they are and a seven-point underdog to Ole Miss. It is just absolutely mind-boggling and should be, should be easy money for those of you in uh, legal betting states that can responsibly bet for this weekend. Just put that bet in for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> Plus 220 money line. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, moving into NFL Week 4 previews. Be our last segment of the day. Going to hit you up with some of the games we're looking forward to this week. And why don't you kick it off, Jill? Yeah, I, I want to take a look f- at the nice 8.30 a.m. Central Time kickoff yeah. Sunday. Gotta love waking up to NFL. Public service announcement. Make sure your lineups are set, or at least the guys that are going in the London game are locked into your lineup in case you do uh, stay out at the bars a little late on Saturday and don't wake up in time for kickoff. (laughs) I mean, 8.30 is pretty early, but especially anybody out on the West Coast, that's 6.30. So, yeah, yikes. (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, a couple things that I want to look at here. First time for both these coaches as head coaches in London, Dennis Allen for the Saints, Kevin O'Connell for the Vikings. Dennis Allen is bad as a head coach. So even though <laughs> Kevin O'Connell is a first time head, you know, a first season head coach, Dennis Allen had his, you know, he had his run with the Raiders, a despicable one. I almost have to give it to Ke- the the coaching edge to Kevin O'Connell, which I or I I should say like I would normally if it was just a normal Sunday game, but who knows how th- he'll be prepared for an 8:30 a.m. kickoff by there by the Vikings body clocks. So that edge that I normally would give to the Vikings not may it's maybe it's more questionable certainly here in London on an 8:30 game weird schedule weird flights and speaking of schedules Kirk Cousins is not playing at noon central <laughs> and Gotta is this get, technically a primetime game Joe because it's, it's the it's, only one on TV at that time it's well it's also <laughs> primetime London time it's like a True. it's maybe yeah. he's good then he'll figure it out by like you know fourth quarter maybe but no i i just you know i see that the saints are two and a half point dogs that line feels right but i'm almost tempted to take the saints here because kirk cousins first time quarterback and on top or first time head coach and on top of that marshawn Lattimore is going to be most likely shadowing justin jefferson J.J. went off week one, obviously, against Green Bay. Uh, nine catches for 184. But these last two weeks, six catches for 48 yards. Last week against the Lions, three catches for 14 yards. And that's facing Jeff Okuda, who was pretty much written off as a bust as a corner. So I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a function of the offense, if that's a function of the Lions actually maybe were had a strong second like a legitimately strong secondary for the first time in God knows how long (laughs) 
if that's if that's just that Jeff Okuda went off. I don't know. But three just from 14 yards against the Lions, you never see that from a number one receiver. So, and and now you got Marshawn Lattimore coming in, and I think that you know. So I'm not saying JJ is going to get shut down again or anything like that. But Lattimore is one of the better cover corners in the league, and I think the Saints. Even as underdogs, I think they may have the edge here. But, you know, good breakfast football, no doubt. Yeah. Just keep an eye with your Saints. Uh, I believe uh, Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Jarvis Landry all questionable. So that could be a huge Chris Olave game for you, for those out there that might have him sitting on a uh, bench somewhere. This might be a good one if Michael Thomas is out. I'm going to move to... A game that I'm intrigued by, the Bills at Ravens. So Bills coming off of that tough loss that we talked about earlier against Miami. And the Ravens coming in and wanting to make a statement against this Bills team. And the fun fact from this one, Gel, is after this game is done, assuming there's no tie, one of these teams will be at the 500 mark after four games. Insane. Which is pretty, pretty nuts. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, see if the Bills can bounce back here in this one. Yeah, I mean, Lamar right now, trying not to be biased here, but he was my preseason MVP pick. Right now, first in the NFL in pass yards, passing touchdowns, and tied with Christian McCaffrey for fourth in rushing yards. That entire offense is 100% Lamar Jackson. Bills have like six guys that are on the the injury, or six guys that didn't, practice at all today again live on a Thursday six guys that were already ruled out and some of these some of these are key players so I think Baltimore might be coming in and and ready to show the world that they are the best team in the AFC because their one loss was that massive uh that massive comeback win against or I guess you know blown blown win against the Dolphins. So I think the Ravens are here to, you know, show, hey, even with all these injuries, we don't give a shit. We think we're the best team in the AFC. So I I love this is this is my best game of the weekend by by a mile. Yep. There's definitely a number of games that make me pretty nauseous <laughs> in terms of some of these matchups, Seattle at Detroit, Jets at Steelers, Bears at Giants. Sorry, Justin oh, Fields, Daniel no. Jones, not going to do it for yeah. me. Justin Fields, 297 yards over three games. <laughs> doesn't really, doesn't not move the needle pop. for me. <laughs> Tennessee at Indy, intriguing for divisional purposes, but... Both those teams have been underwhelming. Cleveland, Atlanta, really a backup of, or a, a matchup of backups. Washington, Dallas, Wentz, backup quarterback. But there is a game that in the past I would have said, this is garbage. Jacksonville at Philly. Yeah. I think that these have been the two teams that you can give genuine. A grades to, you know, A A through F. You can give both these teams A's for how they performed. Jacksonville could be undefeated with if they hadn't blown that, uh, you know, that that last second or hadn't let up that last second touchdown against Washington in week one. They've looked really good since then and just blew the doors off the 
Chargers. Philly has just been dominant this this whole time, this this whole season. So I'm I'm extremely intrigued. Two of the best quarterbacks right now, based on the way that they're playing, or I, I should say two of the best quarterbacks in college, and now that seems to finally be translating over to the NFL in Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts. I think that Philly with how deep that roster is and how strong that offensive line is, I think Philly is genuinely, like, actually real. I think that they should be the favorites right now in the NFC. (laughs) Granted, the NFC as a whole has not been all that impressive, but Philly's looked really damn good. Jacksonville? we Like I said, we saw them against the Chargers. They just... they, They... blew the doors off of them and I so I want to see how real Jacksonville is because if Jacksonville if the Jags can hang in there with Philly and make that a legit game that's going to be you know if you're a Jags fan um you you have to know that or you have to feel really really encouraged by that yeah no little Doug Peterson homecoming action too going that back too. to the Good cautious call. Philly crowd I had this one written down too and Yeah, I'm more interested to see, is Jacksonville for real? Because if they come in and put up a fight, even if they lose at Philly, I think they have to be the favorites in the AFC South. I mean, you were were jumping on that earlier, Jell, and talking about that for some of your betting uh, tips a couple weeks back, but... This could go a long way, especially... Doug Peterson plus 2,000 coach of the year. Yep. (laughs) Let's go, baby. And I'm curious to see Philly's defense is actually really solid too they've been very efficient and doing fantastic work uh, so far this season so I'm curious to see Trevor Lawrence has gotten off to a pretty hot start see what he looks like against a tough defense as well so there's a lot of individual matchups that I'm looking forward to in this one and seeing who comes away with the victor I mean Philly is undefeated right now could get to 4-0 with a win over Jacksonville and this could be a quality win. I mean, we haven't been able to say that about the Jacksonville Jaguars in a while, but <laughs> hey, it's true. <laughs> what? Do, okay, what do you think about Zay Jones? I mean, do you think we've been waiting? We've been fantasy wise. We've been sitting here waiting on Zay Jones to pop, and he just—it's like he always had the talent. Whether that was in Buffalo, whether that was in was maybe o- I don't Oakland. know if he was in o- yeah, Oakland was or two. Vegas or maybe both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, so now, but right now he's, it's kind of him and Christian Kirk is kind of a one, two, one, a one B, uh, in this Jacksonville offense going forward. Fantasy wise, do you think that Zay Jones is somebody that needs at this point needs to be rostered? And if you want to take it a step further, you feel comfortable starting here. He's definitely somebody that needs to be rostered. I would be a hold for me right now, though. I want to see what happens this week because, like I said, Philly's got a tough defense, so I don't know if there's going to be a ton of points in this one per se. They might be playing a little bit of catch-up, but I I don't know if I'd be able to roll out Zay Jones, especially with no teams on by this week. I I think he's a pickup for sure if he's out there. Take a look in your uh, waivers, but I think it's a hold for me this week. Yeah, and and facing yeah, like you said, facing facing that tough Philly D. Yep. 
last game since you took this one from me. Um, I want to see the uh, Sunday night game, Chiefs at Buccaneers. Both teams coming off of tough losses, not being able to get the offense going this last week. So I'm curious to see what the Chiefs' de- or offense can do against this Bucks defense or if it's going to be back-to-back weeks where they're stuck in the teens or less. They only put up 17 points last week in Indianapolis. Tampa Bay, obviously their offense is struggling and get Mike Evans back. So he's off the one game suspension. But outside of that, Julio, Chris Godwin, we don't know what else that's going to look like. And Tampa really couldn't get Leonard Fournette going a ton last week against Green Bay. And they need to get him going against this Chiefs defense as well. So I'm looking forward to this little um, Holmes Brady could be the last time that they face each other. So kind of the passing of the torch maybe. Well, I'm I'm wondering how Tampa could be affected with those storms that came through. Yeah. You know, they they were displaced and practiced all week or at least the last few days in Miami. Yep. I found it I couldn't believe that they practiced in Miami. Like that's still like the hurricane still kind of swung by Miami. You'd think that they could have found a different place to practice, but Miami, I just thought bold choice. Like, <laughs> right. But I don't know if I, you know, game being in Tampa, they said they're going to play at Raymond James Stadium in yep. Tampa. And so I, I'm sitting here wondering what kind of, do they have a home field advantage here? I feel like that's like, who knows who's going to show up? There could be, a, a, and especially, you know, something that has been a hot topic for Badger fans Yours true, well, you being you, digital tickets, if there's no signal and everybody's sitting there with digital tickets, are fans going to be able to get in? Like, what? <laughs> can yeah, fans even I'd get to the game? I'd imagine that would be up and running by Sunday, but. I hope so, but, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just wonder about what that home field advantage would look like because I'd imagine there's going to be people either out of town or Maybe they don't even have freaking transportation to the stadium. I don't know. I mean, looking at some of those videos of that damage, yeah. it was a lot of really intense, a lot of really intense damage that that went down in that area. So I'm, I don't have a great feel on this game just because of that. Yeah, no, it could be a toss up for sure on that. Yeah. Any any other matchups, Joe? I know it's a. Uh... It's a rough slate for NFL. It's a rough slate. I named those. I named six games that made me sick to my stomach. (laughs) But no, I I guess the you know just that Monday night game. I want to see if Jimmy Garoppolo can get over him pulling an Orlovsky. If (laughs) which which turned out to be the smart play, given that after he stepped out of bounds, he threw a pick pick six. six. (laughs) So turns out he made the smart play on accident. Maybe he can see the future. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him but no I, I don't know both QBs really Stafford leads the league, leads the league in leads the league in picks and Jimmy looked bad last week so hopefully with a full week for him to prep and know that he's the starter going forward he can get his shit together but I'm 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 just more interested in the Stafford more on the Ram side too because they haven't been explosive whatsoever offensively all season I mean they were using Ben Skorenic as a fullback, not to, I mean, a few blocking plays, but more using him in this, 
you know, having him run routes from the fullback position, which that's an absolute W for McVay if he's able to get away with that. But can he get away with that against this Niners defense? We'll see. So I don't have much beyond that on this game, but it's been two teams that I think so far have been a little bit disappointing. Yeah, no, for sure. Just just no explosion uh... whatsoever. See if one of these teams can get going. I mean, last year, this was an epic battle. This was the NFC Championship game last year to see who was representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And, yeah, lackluster start for both teams, and they're looking to get it rolling. But, all right, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Again, quick hitter episode will be fairly quick. We'll get you some betting nuggets out there, and we'll unveil our Drew Locks of the Week. So make sure you – Tune into that before the college slate gets kicked off. We can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. YouTube, guess what? We're also Dead Arm Sports. Type that into the search (laughs) bar. Subscribe. Click the bell so that way you know when our episodes drop live. You can ask us any questions in the chat box. If you want to ask us any questions outside of that, Jell can be found at Dawson Jell. That's at D-A-S-J-E-L. I can be found at Dawson JPEC. That's at D-A-S-J-P-E-C. Make sure you subscribe to our TikTok page. Jell's been firing out some betting nuggets TikTok there for you. on the clock. As well. Uh, what are some of the listening platforms they can find our podcast at, Jell? Yeah, as you mentioned, apparently we chose a very good name for this podcast because Dead Arm Sports is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, YouTube, TikTok, all of that. Dead Arm, just search Dead Arm Sports. You'll find us there. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review whatever your chosen listening platform is. If you are following us on YouTube, make sure to hit that bell uh, so that you so that you get our uh, you get notifications whenever we put out new content comments on you know all of our videos we're monitoring that uh whenever we go live we're always checking that chat box so uh yeah at dead arm sports all across the board well, happy friday everybody hope you have a great weekend again we'll be back with you on saturday morning so make sure you tune into that help you help you to win some cash over the weekend all right gel closer out Well, as they say in London, cheerio!